This morning, I bring us a message, the Holy Spirit. About two weeks ago, uh, I, I, I received a message on hope. And I've kept meditating on it. And uh, this morning, I, I feel like there is someone that needs to be encouraged to keep hope alive, to keep hope burning, to keep hope aflame. Things may not have been looking good on your side, but the Lord is encouraging us this morning to keep hope alive. Because when things have not been going the way we want them, he is still God and he is aware and he is going to come through for you. You may not know the reason why you're going through. And let us not question God. Why am I the one that is going through this? Why me? Why this condition? Why this sickness? Why this pain? Why this loss? Why this lack? Let us not question God. But let us know that God is in the business of making us who he wants us to be. God is in the business of drawing us, he, us, uh, drawing us to himself to himself because he's interested with being as being in fellowship with him i want us to look the scripture in the book of uh, job chapter 14 verse 7 job chapter 14 verse 7 i'll read through to 9 for there is hope for a tree if it is cut down that it will sprout again and that its tender shoots will not cease. Though its roots may grow old in the earth, and its stump may die in the ground, yet at the scent of water it will bud and bring forth branches like a tree. For there is hope for a tree if it is cut down that it will sprout again, and that its tender shoots will not cease. We all know the story of a tree, isn't it? Unless you really uproot that tree, you cannot say that you have gotten rid of a tree. But when it is cut down, the Bible says there is hope for that tree. And I want you to put yourself in the shoes or picture that you are that tree in whatever situation that you are going through this morning. Picture that you might be that tree and you are complaining, oh, I have been steady for many years. Oh, I have been healthy for many years. I have had it all together for many years. But I don't know what has happened. I don't feel the same. Something has happened. I have lost a job. I have lost a, a, a family, a, a, a friend. I have lost a relative. I have lost, I've lost a job. I've lost my finances. Whatever it is that you may feel has been cut from your life. This morning, the Bible is clear. It's telling us that there is hope for that tree. Even when it is cut down. If it is cut down that it will sprout again. It will grow again. I was privileged to attend a prayer meeting about a week ago. And in a prayer meeting, when we were praying, someone among us, somebody saw a bush, a, a bush growing up, sprouting up. It, it's like there was no life there. It was like it was in a desert. But suddenly there was a bush, a shrub that grew up and it had so many branches. And that encouraged me that you could be in a desert of some kind. And you're like, there's nothing that may be growing from this situation. There is nothing. It seems like it's not working out. Pastor, we are saying that we have, we need to raise 100 million by November 3rd. Yeah? 
Yes, our budget is over 400, but at least by November we have 100 million. But we look at the pledges that we have and probably the money that has come in and we feel like this is a tall order for us. It may seem like the, the, the tree has been cut, but the Bible, the word of God is telling us this morning there is hope for that. It may seem like we are in a desert of some kind. It may seem like there is no money. It may seem like the people we have, there are people among us who are jobless. Even how are they going to afford that one t-shirt? The Lord will provide for them. The Lord will provide the money that we need. The Lord will build a sanctuary for himself. He just wants to partner with us as we saw that in that clip of, of giving, isn't it? He is inviting us to partner with him. So let us not give up. Let us not allow the enemy to see the, the tree that has been cut. Let us see that, yes, it has been cut, but there is hope that it is going to sprout again. There is hope that it is going to be alive again. We are going to keep our faith aflame. We are going to keep our faith alive. Our hope must be alive. Because when we have hope in God, then there is something, there is a reason to live. There is something that we look forward to. When you have hope in God, when you have hope in tomorrow, when you have hope in the years to come, when we have hope that in two years we will be in our own premises, then we have a reason even to bless the Lord. Amen. We have a reason even to, you know, to keep uh, trusting God. We have a, a reason to keep being members of this church. We are not going to run away because we've been told there is a fundraiser. Amen. We are going to believe that God who has called us, it doesn't matter how much I earn. It doesn't matter how it looks, but I know that my Redeemer lives and that in the last day he will stand. He will provide through me my one shilling, my one million, my one hundred thousand, my ten thousand. He will provide and I'm partnering with him because he is the one that has called us as members in this church. I don't know why I'm speaking to us as, you know, uh, uh, concerning the Buy a Brick project. It has just come to, but I thank God because the spirit of the Lord is, uh, he does what he wants to do. Amen. So let us encourage, be encouraged. Let us encourage ourselves. We must keep hope alive. Don't be shy in giving your 10,000 shillings. In thinking that you will be judged because people know that you have a very big job, yet you are only able to give that 10,000 shillings or that 1,000 shillings. Come the way you are. I'm reminded of that story of that woman who gave when, and Jesus was standing somewhere and observing the people as they were coming into the synagogue. And they were giving. They were giving. And he says some were giving out of the abundance of what they had. They gave as they, you know, even some of us, even today, even myself, I've not given from everything that I have in my wallet. And that is what Jesus was observing. But this woman came and she poured all that she had. And what was all that she had? It was one coin that she had. And Jesus said that, sure, surely this woman has given more than those who others who have given more. So in the physical eyes, you may despise yourself but this morning, the spirit of the Lord is encouraging us towards this project. The one shilling that you have, without one shilling, 999,999 cannot be one million. Without that one shilling, yeah? So it counts. And I, 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 as I'm saying this, I'm also reminded, one day a woman, a woman of God, 
who is earning and who is, you know, she's, she's a minister of the word of God, yes, but she is also, she also is an, in business and she has, she, she does well financially. And one time as we were praying with her, she told me a story of how one time she attended a, a meeting in the local churches, just here at Sitam. And she realized that she did not have money. She had left her wallet at home. She had left, she went even to the car, she ransacked the car, there was no money. And she really felt she needed to give an offering to the Lord. And when she was just ransacking through her bag, she found one shilling, a coin of one shilling. And she came and gave to the Lord. And she did not question, she just gave. And that day, the prayer that she had, she had a prayer item that had, was nagging her for a very long time. Her husband had been sick for a very long time. But when she went home that evening, she found that her husband had been healed. And the Lord reminded her, you gave out of all that you had. Because if she would have carried her wallet, if she would maybe have had money in the car, she would still not have given it all, isn't it? But at that time, and she felt in her heart that she needed to give something. She went, reached out deep into her bag and searched all those inside pockets and found one shilling coin and she gave. She did not question. Actually, afterwards is when like reason was coming back to her mind. And what was that that I did? How could I give God, you know, one shilling? But at that time, she felt that she was in atmosphere and she needed to give something. So what I am saying is God is interested even with that one coin that you have. It counts. Even with that much that you have, it counts. Be encouraged. There is hope. You may not have a job, but when you give that one shilling, you don't know what you are doing. You may have walked to church today, but when you give that 10 shillings, you don't know what you are doing. So we are being encouraged this morning that that tree is going to grow again. That job that you lost God is going to recover it for you. You are going to be restored even much more when you walk in faith. So you must keep faith, keep your hope alive and aflame in the Lord. The Bible says that there now remains these three things, charity, uh, love, hope, and, 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 and faith. Why, why hope in the, in the middle of the three of them? Those three things. Yes, yes, the Bible says this. It talks about love. It talks about faith. And it also talks about hope. Hope is the last thing that you lose before you give up on life. Do you know that? Those people who commit suicide, they don't commit suicide because of other things. It is usually, they have lost, they may not have lost many things, but the moment they lose their hope for living, their hope to be alive the next minute, the next second. Then they commit suicide. They die. And even today, you may not commit, commit suicide, physical suicide, but there are times we commit spiritual suicide. We kill ourselves spiritually when we lose hope. Even when things seem not to be working your way, the Lord is encouraging us this morning. There is hope. There is hope for that tree that has been cut down. There is hope that it shall sprout again. And how shall it sprout? The Bible actually says that at the scent, and though its root may grow old in the earth, and its stump may die in the ground, that looks like a very hopeless situation, isn't it? Though its root may grow in the earth, old in the earth, and its stump may die in the ground, 
That is a very hopeless, a very hopeless. It looks like there is nothing can come out of that. The root is has grown old, deep in the earth, and the stump looks like it has not looks. It has actually died in the ground. Yet the Bible says, verse nine, that at the scent of water it shall bud again. At what? At the scent, smell. As in, even the water has not yet reached the stump, that tree that has been cut down, the scent, just the smell that there is some water around, that there is some dew around, it shall grow again. Just the smell that there is hope, that the smell that the Lord is here, just the smell that, the, 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 that I have the word of God in my heart, just the smell that God loves me the way I am, you can grow again. The Bible says that at the scent of the water, it shall bud and bring forth branches like a plant. There is hope. It doesn't matter how your situation, how dire your situation looks, how desperate your situation looks. There is hope. You can live again. It can resurrect again. The branches can sprout again. Though the root have withered or it is grown old in the earth, as long as the root is still there, once it smells the water, it shall grow again. Let me tell you what happens. With every tear that you cry, with every tear, tear that comes out of your tear duct, you know what happens? Those tears go down and they water the roots of that tree. They water your own roots. And your roots, when they smell that water, because it's a cry of desperation, it's a cry of it's a cry of crying out to God for salvation. When those tears reach down the roots, they water your roots. And what happens is that the roots become stronger. The roots go deeper and they strengthen you. They strengthen you and you start growing. You become a better person. You become a stronger Christian. Actually, what happens is that the stronger the root, the stronger the tree. The deeper it goes, the higher it will also grow, or the stronger, majestic that it shall be. So be encouraged this morning. Your tears, the more you cry those tears, the more those tears are overwhelming you, the more you are crying and you are shedding them and you are, you are wondering why is it not happening. As long as you are crying to the Lord God Almighty, as long as you are calling on the name of the Lord, your tears are towards God, then they are strengthening, they are watering your roots and your roots are becoming stronger and they are going deeper. And that is the, the same way where now the, the, the stamp becomes, starts growing, you become stronger in the Lord. And you will look behind and you will indeed be able to testify and say, I am who I am because of the problem I went through in 2016. I am who I am because of what the loss I had, I, I went through in 2010. You will know that something happened, a change took place out of that situation. It may not have been a good situation, but what does the Bible say? That all things work together for good to them who are called, who are in Christ and those who are called according to his purpose. So if you are called according to God's purposes, if you are in the Lord himself, 
Whatever happens, all things, not one thing, not some things, not anything, but all things, the good and the bad, they all work together for your good. You may not see it that time, but in the future, tomorrow, after one year, after some time, you will look back and you will be able to tell and you'll be able to indeed bear a testimony. Have a testimony and say, the Lord was with me. The Lord walks with me. I want to give a testimony of some time. When I was expecting my, 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 my last born, at the sixth month in my pregnancy, I didn't have money. We did not have money. And I had not done anything. We had not bought anything. And I remember one time, I went and I said, uh, I have a personal account and I need to go and start saving so that we can prepare for the baby. And uh, when I went, my account, I actually thought that that account had been closed or had been, you know, deactivated because I had not used it for some time. So when I went with about 2,000 shillings to activate the account and start saving some money, I went and I decided to pass through the ATM and check. So I put in my card and I saw that there was some money. There was some money that I didn't know where it came from. There was about 60,000 shillings. And I went and uh, I called my husband. No, before I called my husband, I went inside the bank and I asked them for a statement because I needed to know this money, where did it come from? So when I got a, a statement, they, there was someone who had deposited money in November. This was in April. In November, there was someone who had deposited a check to my account uh, by the name Joy from Kisi. I had never been to Kisi. I went to Kisi that year afterwards. I had never been to Kisi. I know not a Joy from Kisi. This is a testimony that I was remembering. I was sharing with my house fellowship on Thursday because I remembered. I shared it one time in the worship team meeting, one Wednesday. That's actually the same day when I saw the money. But I, I was not very confident because I was afraid someone, the owner of this money may come for it. So I actually told them, I am not sure, but I'm going to give it time to see. But then I realized six months Six months, this money was deposited in November. And today is April. This is the, more, the month I conceived. And I realized God knew that I will need this money. And at some point, I would not have money. And so he made provision for it. I don't know whether it was deposited before I conceived or after I conceived. But there was some money that was deposited in that month. Even today, I, had, I have no one who came. I gave it a few. Actually, I gave it that whole month. I said, I'm not going to touch this money for another one month until I am sure that the money is mine. So God is in the business of performing miracles, brethren. Even when that tree has been cut down, there is hope that it shall rise again. I was able to buy things, things for my baby that the other babies had never bought for. For me, there were, there were now luxuries. If maybe I was to use my own money, I would not have... You know, I would not have spent that money on. But this is money that God has provided divinely. And now I am, you know, I, I am like, God, you are amazing. God, you can do this. I will, you know, I will praise your name forever. You knew that I will need this money and you made provision for it. So whatever situation that you're going through, God has a way out for you. Even before you came into that situation, God knew that you will need that breakthrough, that you will need that blessing, that you will need his intervention. 
Maybe it may look like nothing is happening. It may look like there are so many enemies around you. It may look like you're surrounded by adversity. But I want to encourage us this morning that God loves you. God cares for you. You only need to keep your hope burning. You only need to keep that uh, faith, that hope and trust in the Lord alive. Because God cares for you. He is in the business of working out something. That situation may take one month, two months, or a week, or a day. But the Lord is in the business of making out something. He is molding you. He is making you. He is bringing something good out of it. You know, for, 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 for the wine to be the wine the way it is, the Bible says it, it has to be, not just the Bible, it has to be pressed, isn't it? There is a process you have to go through of pressing. There is a process you have to go through of crushing for the Lord to bring out what is good in you. Sometimes there are so many things masking our lives that have masked us until we are not who God intends or intended us to be. When he looks at me, he sees this face is not the person that I made. It's not the one that I want. And so God sometimes releases a fire. And he releases pain, a process of pain, a process of fire to mold you, to refine you, to take away the dirt, to cleanse you and take away the masks and the dirt and the mud and the clay and whatever it is that has masked you and has hidden you that such that you are not who you are supposed to be. And so God releases a fire. That fire is meant to refine us. It is not for destruction. It is not to consume you. You will feel the pain, yes. Because, I mean, if that thing has been part of you for the, re for, for the last uh, years of your life, then it has become part of you, isn't it? But you will feel pain when it, the Lord has to cut it off. When the Lord is separating you, when the Lord is cleaning you and has to get that thing off and away from you, the scrubbing process must be painful. And the Lord is encouraging us, please, I have given you the strength. I allowed you to go through this because I had also invested a strength in you. I know that you can make it. He knows, he knows, he looks at your strength. He looks at what you can handle. He cannot give you what you cannot handle. He knows you can handle this pain. And so he has released it. It is for your good. He is going to cleanse you. He is going to wash you. He is going to refine you. He will purify you until you become what he wants you to be. There is hope. Do not be discouraged. There is something good. Don't just look at the situation around. Lift up your eyes and look above. Lift up your eyes and look to the one who has called you. Lift up your eyes and say, I will look to him who has called me. My help comes from beyond the hills. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. I will not give up. I will not lose hope. I will not lose my trust. I will not compromise with the worldly standards. I will still hang on in the Lord. I will still hope on in the Lord. Because he is encouraging me that these things, they are working together for my good. They are working to be a blessing in my life. They are working to bring out good wine, sweet wine out of me. They are working to bring out what God intended me to be. There are two paradoxes in the Bible I was looking at and I realized pain, something like pain. The Bible says that pain is a friend. When you read Proverbs chapter 27 verse 6, 
uh, pain is a friend. Says a faith, the the wounds of a faithful, uh, the faithful are the wounds of a friend. But the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. And I realized this means that wounds or pain is a friend. A true friend will tell you something and not afraid, be afraid of hurting you. Yeah? And you will feel pain. Pain, it's actually like an alarm in your system, even the way God has created us. It's an alarm. When you feel pain, like when you step on a hot coal or when you burn your fingers or something, it sets an alarm. And you howl and cry in pain. It sets, it tells you that there is something wrong that needs to be corrected. So we need pain. It's a process, but we need, it is a friend. It keeps us in check. It makes us who God wants us to be. Like Jesus, you know, going into the cross. Going to the cross is painful. And Jesus had to go through some very painful death. And even today we are told to take up our cross daily and follow the Lord. So one paradox, going to the cross is painful, but it is the only place, that cross is the only place that your pain will be truly relieved. It is a painful journey. You're going towards, it's like you're taking yourself towards the slaughterhouse. But at the same time, it's the only place that you shall receive relief for your pain. The other paradox is Jesus tells us, Christ, Paul says we are bond servants with Christ. We are bond servants of Christ. Being a bond servant means you are a slave to Christ. Yeah? And you know what it means to be a slave? You are at his beck and call. Isn't it? You do what he says. You don't question. When he says do this, that is what you do. You are a slave. But in the true sense or in the true meaning it also means that it brings out a freedom that you can never know elsewhere you are a born servant in Christ but it also brings a freedom that you cannot ex experience anywhere else I would rather be a born servant of Christ because being a slave of Christ I am also at liberty because he has, he has, he's not calling me actually to be that slave. He is calling me to experience true freedom in him. Because when I am in a love relationship with him, it may have started like a slave, a slave master relationship. But as we continue bonding, as I continue serving him, as I continue relating with him, we develop such intimacy, such a beautiful relationship. That he calls me, it graduates from being a slave to being a friend, to being a daughter, to being a son. And our relationship changes because now we partner with him. Because he has tested me and he has seen that when I was a slave, when he called me, I did his bidding. I did not hesitate. Now he trusts me as his friend that we can partner with him. Brethren, this morning, let us be encouraged. Pain is a painful process. But that is where we get relief. So whatever you are going through this morning, the Lord is able to lift you up. It may not happen today, but it could also happen today because the presence of the Lord is here. But our, my encouragement to us this morning, the Spirit of the Lord would tell us this morning, let us have hope in the Lord. Let us keep it burning. 
Let us not allow ourselves to be discouraged. Let us not allow ourselves to be overwhelmed. At that moment when you are in pain, at that moment when you are going through a hard situation, is when you are also vulnerable to many voices. You become vulnerable to the enemy speaking to you. Words of discouragement. People telling you how worthless you are. The enemy himself coming and whispering into your ears and telling you you cannot make it. And the more you listen, the more you become vulnerable. And the more you accept the teaching or the preaching of the enemy, the more you lose your faith and you lose your hope. Let us refuse to be discouraged. Let us put on strength, even in that pain, even in that sickness, even in that, whatever it is that you are going through, let us keep our hope alive because the master is working out something good on our behalf. He's bringing out the best in me. He's bringing out the best in you. Your life will not be the same. And you will look back and you will tell the Lord, thank you that I went through this. Because you knew I would, need, I would need this for my journey to be a complete Christian, to be a fully equipped believer. The Bible says the last scripture, let's read this last scripture, then we end it there. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 20. Matthew 12, 20. We are there, can read from the screen. A breeze reed he will not break, and a smoking flat he will not quench till he sends forth justice to victory. A breeze reed he will not break. When the Lord comes and meets you broken, or you are at the verge of breaking, he will not break you up. He will not finish you up. That is what the word of God says. He will not come and finish you up. No, he will come and he will restore you. When you are the verge of losing hope, of losing faith, when the Lord meets with you, he will not finish you up. He will encourage you. That smoking flask, that wick that is about the light or the, light or the fire is about to be snuffed out. He will not snuff you out. He will not put you out. What he does actually, it's like with his breath, he fans you and you blow to become a bigger flame. With his strength, he takes that reed and he makes it whole. And it becomes a strong, a strong reed, a strong cane in his hands, a strong stick, a strong tool in his hands. So whatever you are going through, the Lord will not come to finish you off. He will come to, through that, he will come to strengthen you. Far from breaking, the Lord will strengthen the bruised reed. And far from quenching that smoking flask, he will rather blow it up into a flame. That is how much God loves us. That is how much God is encouraging us this morning. He, does, he, he, he often does his greatest works in the dark so that he can bring out a, 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 a masterpiece, something beautiful publicly. So whatever you are going through in the dark, keep your faith and your hope alive because he will bring you out publicly. And people will look at you and they will not know. If only, you will actually be smiling to yourself and telling them, telling yourself, if only you knew the story behind who I am today. If only you knew the process I've had to go through. If only you knew even half the pain or half the journey I've had to go through. 
Many times we look at big people and we will say we want to be like them. You don't know the, what they have had to go through in the dark, in their private lives, for them to be what they are and someone to be admired in the public eye. So even you, in your private life, in that when no one knows you, in that pain, in that situation you are going through, allow the Lord to work it, to work around you, to work it out and bring out the best in you. He loves you so much. And he says, do not give up. Do not give up. It may seem like he is not there, but he's saying this morning, I am there. I am there. Do not give up. He is there. His presence is around you. He is there molding you, making you. He's there allowing you to go through the pain. He has given you the grace to go through it. He has given you the strength to go through it. Let us keep our hope alive in him. Shall we pray? Father, we bless you. Father, we honor you this morning. We glorify you this morning. You are amazing, God, oh God. The things you do are wonderful. The things you do are amazing, oh God. You are in the business of making us, Lord. You are in the business of doing great things in our lives, Lord. Every one of us. And through us, my Father. Lord, I pray for every soul in the house of the Lord this morning. That Jehovah, in the name of Jesus, you will help us keep our hope alive. For there is that hope that even though, oh God, the tree has been cut... Even though, oh, even though, oh God, the, the stamp is died in the earth. Even though, oh God, the roots have died and gro have, have grown old in the soil. Lord, your word says there is hope. That at the scent of the water, oh God, that tree will come back to life. And it shall grow into many branches. This morning I pray for that who is going through that hard situation, oh God. For that person who is crying out to you because of what they are going through this morning. Only you know. Only you know the, 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 the situation. Only you know the frustration, the desperation in their hearts, oh God. We pray that as they put their hope in you, oh God. That in the name of Jesus, they will smell the scent of your presence. And they will grow again. And they will become better than they were in the past. In the name of Jesus. Lord, raise families. Encourage marriages in this place this morning, oh God. For the glory and honor of your name. Raise that man that is sick, oh God, this morning. Heal them once again, my Father. Let them become stronger and healthier than they were in the past. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray. Even for those, oh God, that are crying out for jobs, my Father. Lord, we pray that you give them better jobs than they've ever had in the past in the name of Jesus. Lord, let our hope be alive. Let, oh God, may you fan us, fan the little hope that we've had, oh God, the little hope that is remaining in our hearts, my Father. Fan it out, Lord, that my Father, it may blow up into a big flame. It may blow up into a big fire, my God, in the name of Jesus. We refuse to give up. We refuse to be tied down by the enemy. We refuse to open our ears and listen to the enemy. But we choose this morning to have our hope renewed in you, in the name of Jesus. We bless you and we honor you because you are faithful. You are faithful. You are faithful, O oh God. Even through the pain, my Father, you are faithful. And you will give us the strength to go through it in the mighty name of Jesus. We glorify you and we magnify you. In Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen. Amen. May the Lord bless you. Let me invite Pastor to continue from there.